Up Warriors Guy Beverage with Protectors Toolkit. Church safety and security made simple. I think it's important tonight that we, as we start off this broadcast, that we have just a moment of silence, if you will, on this special day. Um, in the 1900s, the ship Titanic sailed from England, and we know it was headed for New York initially, but it also had another stop to make, and that was in Mexico. And on this day, unfortunately, the Titanic sank. And aboard this ship, many people don't know this, 12,000 jars of mayonnaise. So we do celebrate or mourn the loss during Cinco de Mayo. Now, you know that's not really true. Yeah, that's not really true at all. We know that in 1861, Mexico had defaulted on some loans from European countries. And the only country you think that would not invade you invaded France. They invaded Mexico. But on this day, May 5th in 1862, Mexico prevailed in that battle. So welcome tonight to this special edition of Protectors Toolkit Live. I thought it was so vitally important, this information I'm about to share you. As churches start to come back online, our Texas uh, governor tonight just made some changes to how we're coming back into the world now. So I think this is a very timely uh, live video for you to share with your church, uh, share everywhere. And as I get into this, I, I'm reminded of Proverbs 18:15. That's why we do what we do here at Protectors Toolkit. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. And in the easy reversion, it says it just like this: Pe Wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. And that's what we're really all about here at Protectors Toolkit. It is church safety and security made simple. Simple to digest, simple to get into, and the membership site and consume it on any device that you have. So if that's an interest to you as you're building, leading, and, and growing your team, please seek us out at protectorstoolkit.com. We'll help you out with that. So as we get into what we're all about here tonight and talk about the tips and tricks and the risks associated with reopening the church, reopening the doors, and, and uh, while we're continuing to go digital, I think we're going to go back to what I would like to call analog, which I mean butts in seats. This is important information as a, from a church protector standpoint because I need you to think about this and understand this. As a church protector, it's not just about showing up to church on your Sunday with your gun and your holster and maybe some extra magazines and a couple of everyday carry items and being a church protector. No, it's about ensuring a safe and secure worship environment for everybody that is on your campus. And safety is paramount in everything we do. You will notice you don't get into a lot of gun fights or gun engagements or things where you have to have your gun out at your church. That's because we're more about the safety aspect. And if we are doing everything right, number one, we're going to be a more welcoming church. And number two, we will create that safe and secure worship environment where we don't have to go guns up possibly ever. That's the design and the desire for a church protector. So let's jump into this, the, the risks associated with and the tips that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you seven tips or thoughts tonight on things to prepare in advance. Now, per, uh, Preparation doesn't equal prevention. We know that. We can't prevent everything, but preparation gives us time. It gives us the right posture to be in uh, for these type of events. And this is a new event. This is a novel event. This is an ambiguous event that we haven't probably dealt with ever before. Uh, so we need to start thinking about this ahead of time as we prepare again to go analog or get some butts in the seats. So first, let's assess our risk. What is the real probability? What is the what, what is our expectation of the number of people coming through our doors. Now for your state, it may be limited. We have a 25% occupancy rate here in Texas going on right now, but that will change over time. But what does 25% look like for your building? 
What is that number? You have to know that number. It's not just going to be uh, throwing a dart at a dartboard and hoping for the best. No, we're going to know that number, and then we're only going to allow that number in. We're going to manage this appropriately. But we don't just do it by chance. We don't just use hope as a strategy. That's no strategy. So we do it by planning in advance for this. So what is our probability? Then let's say your state doesn't have those uh, set numbers, and everybody we're saying our doors are open, come this next Sunday, what's going to happen? Well, if you paid attention to your online presence, the number of people attending your church virtually, you have probably seen your numbers are grossly inflated than the people you've actually seen in church. And that's a really good thing. I love it, I'm all about it. However, what if all those people do show up on Sunday physically in person, are you prepared for that? Can your church accommodate that? And if they do, what are you going to do about it? So understand, we assess our risk. What are, what do we have? What could the potential be? And then we plan and prepare in advance for that. We have plans and preparation in place for that. One of the easiest things you can do with uh, your church social media, maybe you could take a poll on your church social media pages and say, hey, this Sunday, whatever the date it's going to be, is our first day back in church. Are you planning to attend? Or are you planning to be there? And then that may give you a, a realistic look at some of the numbers of people who are saying yes or thumbs up or praise Jesus, hallelujah. Look at those numbers and then have a plan for that. If they did, all show up. Another thing we want to make sure to do here is build a partnership. We have a, uh, a person within our church organization that we probably never see, but we pay a lot of money to, and that's our insurance partners within our church. So those people that are insuring us and insuring against our risk or planning for us not to have risk, they need to be in partnership or you need to be in partnership with them. They should be communicating with you and you should be communicating with them. They can give you best practices or what their recommendations are and you can build from that. Listen, we don't just need to pay them money every month or every quarter or every year, whatever you do at your church and not get anything in return from them. Call them, their phones work. Get them on the phone and partner up with them to figure out what they recommend you should do in these difficult times. So then we have to make a decision. What measures will we have in place? What is it going to look like? I saw on a, on a Facebook post in one of the uh, church safety and security groups that I, uh, I'm part of or a membership, member in, uh, someone posted their check-in station. They had hand sanitizer. Uh, I saw a digital thermometer in there. Um, I'm not sure if I saw any masks, but it was a cart and it was all set up. So are we going to have masks or are we not going to have masks? Are we going to have hand sanitizer or are we not going to have it? Do they have to provide it themselves? Are we going to take temperature? What are the logistics involved with the plan that we're going to have? We make a decision and then we figure out or we do backwards planning for the logistics for that event. So in doing that, there's some other things that we have to figure out. If we're going to take temperature, we want to use that thermometer a couple times prior to ever needing it the first time when the guest or member or a visitor comes through our church doors on that day that we're open. I know in the ones that I've seen, it's about a 40 second process to take the temperature. And then there's another 20 seconds for reset before you can take another temperature. If we're gonna have 300 people show up at our church, is one thermometer going to be enough? Are 10 thermometers going to be enough to get everybody seated in the sanctuary uh, appropriately before the message starts? So figure out the logistics for that and what that looks like uh, for you. Use all the resources available uh, to get the message out and set your expectations in that. What resources do you have? You have your social media presence. You also have the social media of all your team members that they can be getting the message out as well. 
And we're going to let people know. We're going to set the expectations prior to them ever coming to our church. We do that well in advance and we communicate it often. You cannot over communicate the messaging for people. You need to find every single outlet where you can communicate to these people, whether it's email, snail mail, sending something like a letter through the mail to people that you, you know are part of your church, uh, social media like Instagram and Facebook. All great opportunities and ways and modalities for communicating the message. And we over communicate over and over and over again. So we set the expectations. Now, there will be some people that fall through the cracks. There will be some people, maybe they're from out of town and they didn't get the messaging. And we have to have a plan for them as well. But by and large, we communicate to our people ahead of time so they're not surprised when they get there. Another idea to think about is if you are going to have masks, then you indicate that up by the roadway, not when they come in your front door and then they don't have a mask. Or if you're going to require masks, then maybe you provide masks for those people who didn't bring one for themselves. So indicate that way up away from the building so people don't walk all the way across the parking lot and they get very upset when you turn them away at the front door. Also, we communicate uh, if we are uh, going to be a masked up church, we communicate to the, that to people so people who can see that say, well, if they aren't masked up, I'm not going to attend. I'll just continue to do the virtual church until I feel comfortable coming back to the analog version of church or having my butt in their seat. So communicate overly to them and also put something out at your at roadside to let people know what to expect when they arrive at your front doors and we don't upset people. As much as possible, you want to do a bunch of test runs. Test your process as much as possible because protectors, here's the one struggle we all have. If you're a protector of others, you're a guardian of the flock, you're like Nehemiah standing on the wall, here's the thing we all struggle with. We have what's called a curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge is this. As a church protector, a protector of others, you know your business at a level 10. The people attending your church know your business and what you do at a level zero, maybe a level one. And we try to bridge that gap between 10 and one. We maybe get to a seven in our communication. We've got to figure out how do we get from a seven to a one and communicating our message. We have that curse of knowledge, so go through your process. You, the church protector, are not your customer. Your customer is your customer. So figure out the holes and the gaps and the exposures and the opportunities you have in your plan by running some of your church staff through the plan. Act like they're a parishioner just showing up to your church. Act like they're a congregant. Have them go through the whole process so you expose the holes and gaps before your customer ever figures out your holes and gaps in your process for you. The curse of knowledge. Look it up. It's a real thing. I didn't just make it up. Sounds cool though, right? So now let's get into seven issues to consider for reopening. These are tips, tricks, whatever you want to call them. And we'll have them posted out there for you as well. Um, number one, we have to remember a church safety and security, like I said, is first and foremost about safety. It's about the protection. It's making sure that we have a secure, safe worship environment where people can get their comfort, refuge, worship, and learning on. That's what we're all about. And we make sure they can have all of it that they want in the safest environment possible. So understand that. When we're going through these and we're partnering with our church, we need to set the standard for our safety. You need to be involved with your church on a safety level. You should be advising on safety as a church protector. Don't just sit on the sidelines and not have a voice in this. If, if we are a church protector and we've been tasked with that duty, then we need to have a seat at the table to say, hey, when you're considering reopening, safety definitely needs to be at the forefront of that. And I'm here to help you with that uh, as the professional in that. Make sure you're advising your church and involved in the process uh, for safety at every opportunity. So number one, sanitizing we know that's going to be done whether it's a personal issue or it's sanitizing your facility sanitizing is going to be number one it's going to be paramount that we get this right 
it's a, it, it's a it's amazing to me i don't know if it's amazing to you but when this whole thing started we actually had to have uh the president of the united states come on tv and tell people to wash their hands i thought that was a normal thing um i guess it wasn't so we had to tell people that over and over again uh but I, i'm not really surprised by much anymore we review our procedures and implement new measures as necessary again that's the partnering up with our insurance company looking at best practices from other churches uh, that we trust and know and love and we implement those processes so we look at the process we currently have what's got to change and then we again communicate that if your facilities maintenance uh, or your housekeeping staff of your church has to have new procedures or processes you overly communicate that to them as well put it in writing so they you set the good example and the good expectations for them and then you make sure you hold them accountable to those expectations that you set for them we communicate it also to our whole team why because we're not just gunslingers in our church we are servants first we serve the church so as a servant of others if i'm not if i'm not needed on a specific post at a specific time then part of my service may be in helping the facilities upkeep or facilities management team sanitize those surfaces that they're going to have to do more frequently so we get involved we help them plus up their organization by adding our bodies to it as we can we don't want to compromise our safety and security do that but we want to give as much help as possible because we are servants first in what we do in this mission we do a walkthrough of our facility make a use of all those commonly touched items like doorknobs handles countertops pews all those commonly touched items that we're going to have to sanitize over and over again we don't want people to guess at what they have to sanitize we put it on a list that's very methodical and then we create a best practice from that and nobody has to guess at what they need to sanitize we just go down the checklist boom it gets done what gets written down what gets measured gets done and then we give a, a good description for the cleaning crew in that as well and we talk about, I talked about already and listening to help of your whole team. And when you do that, make it easy for them. You know, you can see time and time again, businesses that have a clean working environment have multiple trash cans. If I can't find a trash can when I want to throw something away, I get very frustrated about that. Me personally, I will go seek out a trash can. However, most people do not. So it's the same concept. If I'm expecting my team members to get involved in the sanitization process here, then I'm going to make sure they have tools readily available or close in close proximity for them to just pick up a rag and a sanitizing bottle and then make it very easy and seamless for them. We take out all the guesswork of that and have them track down uh, the tools that they need for that particular job. Help them out in every, uh, every sense of the way there. Uh, also with sanitizing, make sure you have an ordering process that can accommodate for extended lead times. You know, we're seeing time and time again where things on the shelf at, at stores are not fully stocked because it's so tough to get things in. People are hoarding uh, more than ever early on in this thing. People hoarded toilet paper. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if they're making masks out of it by wrapping it around their whole head, making their head look like a Q-tip. I don't know. Here's the thing. The ordering processes for things are protracted. It's, it's drawn out. So if it normally took you a month to get something, I would plan on reordering two months out. That way you have shelf stable stuff or, sh or stuff on the shelf for your sanitization process. And it's not waiting to come in and you're having to scramble and pay high dollar somewhere else. Remember, we're good stewards of money within our church as well for the church safety and security team. Number two, social distancing. Whether uh, this is gonna be largely dependent on what your church, uh, what your state says about your church, what your government, your local government say about your church. And we're gonna have to abide by that. You know, we know in the Bible, we submit to authority as long as it's lawful and legal. And so we will do that. We'll maybe practice some social distancing initially when we get back into this. Uh, I, would, I would like you to consider the term physical distancing. I think it has a, a better uh, connotation because social is what we should be doing in church, 
We should be social in church. We should be socializing even more than we have been. And we are. We're seeing that uh, with our online numbers, our online church body presence. So uh, social distancing is one thing. Physical distancing is probably what we're talking about here in our church. Are we going to physical distance ourselves within our church? If we're going to do that, well, there's going to be some guidelines. And again, we write things down. We set the expectations and a policy or a written document that guides people that are going to have to be in it, who are affecting that process. We help them out, make sure they, uh, they have a best practice spelled out for them and don't make it subjective where they only deal with it on that day. Make it very objective, written down and planned for. We set the example also, well, as a church safety and security, we may be sometimes the first people, uh, the first one that somebody comes in contact with. So if you're coming up to me for a hug, we're a hugging church. I'm a hugger uh, by and large, but I'm going to step back and maybe give you a little elbow bump, or maybe I'll give you an air high five from hot from far away, or maybe a little air hug if you're uh, if you're so inclined. But we're going to set the standard in that. That way, nobody is out there in la la land wondering what they should do, reaching out a hand, and we pull back like this. We set the standard early on for people and they can know what to expect from us. And then we set that expectation for them as well. Uh, this goes right in line with tip number three or idea number three is our greeters. We're not going to just leave them out there on the front lines, the face of the organization right there with no guidelines on what they should be doing. Uh, also, some things to think about with greeters, if you're a church that typically hands out bulletins to people, paper bulletins, you may want to pull that back a little bit and go to some sort of electronic version. Also in your pews, if you have those connect cards, you may want to go to some sort of electronic version for that. And prayer request cards, same thing, maybe an electronic version of that. I would uh, maybe even recommend for a little while pulling all that stuff out, all those surfaces, those touchy things like that, out of the, the back of the pews and out of your church. Uh, so we, you know, people will, will not remember. They'll do it by uh, just having a program in their brain. So we help them every step of the way by not providing those resources to them to begin with. So... Uh, make special note of that and give the greeters every opportunity to do the right thing. We set the expectation, write it down and over, overly communicate it to them as well. Number four is in our kids ministry. Look, I have kids. I have two kids. They're uh, they're dirty little snot boogers and they have their hands all over everything. I can tell immediately when they touch my phone, their fingerprints are all, are all over it. At six and 10 years old, I hope they never commit a crime because their fingerprints are everywhere. But here's the thing in the kids ministry. We're going to help out those workers as well, too. We're going to make sure that they uh, that they have all the sanitization processes in place that they can affect at their level. They have all the tools necessary to make sure they can do that. And we communicate it in a written form and also verbally. So we set the expectation for them as well. Something else to consider is moving out all your non-essential furniture items that are in there. If we're sanitizing all surfaces that kids touch, let's move out some of those furniture items that they don't currently play with uh, or are not necessary at this time. So we're not having to overly sanitize or have so much stuff in there to sanitize where it gets overly burdensome for the workers in there. Another awesome uh, ministry that's out there is KidCheck. KidCheck.com. I'll put their link down below in the comments section. We love KidCheck. KidCheck is one of those organizations out there that has got safety and security for kids at the forefront of their ministry. It is what they do. KidCheck has ex uh, an express check-in feature built in. And when it's partnered with the KidCheck Print Hub, it's so amazing. It's easy for the parents. It's like uh, calling in your order to Starbucks and it's already on the counter when you get there, kind of easy. When you when you sign in through KidCheck, you minimize the, uh, the, the risk of having to touch things and write things down. You make it easy for the parents when you use KidCheck. Um, it is better for your social distancing or physical distancing within your facility. It spits out a label for them and it's better for germ management all around. So look up kidcheck.com. They have great processes and great ideas on their website as well. We highly recommend KidCheck.
Also now number five, getting to number five, let's talk about volunteers. Those people who show up day in and day out to do the heavy lifting and they typically do it for free. Listen, volunteers are the heartbeat of any church safety and security organization, and we treat them right. They're going to have to affect every process within this, so we're going to, again, overly communicate that to them, uh, what their expectations are. We're going to give them all the tools necessary to be successful. If you want somebody to be successful, you make them successful as a leader. So we give them all the tools necessary. We meet with them uh, in private, in person to set those expectations. We have a, an open conversation with them. We tell them what the church is going to do and what we are going to do to help with that mission. Again, if they're going to be a, a, an effective uh, tool for us within our organization, then we give them all the ability to be that for us. We encourage them also to share everything with our church body. Anything that is expected of the church body, some, you don't know who's following them or who they're friends with within the church organization that you may not be friends with. We say, hey, communicate this message on your Facebook that this is our expectation for a church. And that way we are ensured almost that 100% of the people are getting the message of what the expectations are, what people can find when they get to our church, what they will see, and what the process will look like. We encourage them to, to uh, give all the messaging that's going to be necessary for church safety and security. The only caveat is obviously we're not gonna share confidential information or something that would compromise the mission, the overall mission of church safety and security. Number six, I talked about this at the beginning also, but I'm gonna talk about it again is communicate. You cannot over communicate anything within your church safety and security plans as far as it comes to this. We make sure our church is community. Your church is, is right now communicating more than it ever has. And all those social media outlets that they're using right now on their streaming surface, as we're going to go uh, stay virtual, but also allow some analog, we want to make sure we're communicating on those platforms as well. Let people know when they're coming back, physical, in-person, butts in seats, what they should expect from us when they show up at those front doors and what we expect from them when they do. We keep it up and continue to share our plans with the members, volunteers, and church employees, and we don't leave any gaps. Because if you leave a gap, when there is a doubt in somebody's mind, they'll fill in that gap for them. That's what's going to happen. So we don't allow people to fill in gaps for their own self. We give them all the information necessary. Also, we communicate where they can find updates. Here is where you will find updates to this information. Come back here in a week, updates will be posted. Whatever it is, make sure they know where they can find the updates so they're not having to search it down for themselves. Last but not least, number seven, train, train, train. I can't say this enough and you know how I feel about it because I say this, I'm famous for saying this, I've never been in a crisis where I thought I had too much training. And there's no different in this situation either for you and your team. We train this, we go through the process, we run our plans and procedures, these new plans and procedures, we run them, we test them uh, before our customer ever has to test them. That way we get them right, we get out of the curse of knowledge, we prepare our team and everybody is then speaking the same message and the same language at that time. So now is the time more than ever we start to prepare. Preparation again does not equal prevention. It equals a prepared church and a church with abilities and capabilities. It's not about prevention as much as it is being prepared for providing a safe and secure worship environment. So if you're new here at Protectors Toolkit, this, this is new for you, please hit that like button so you can continue to get updates about Protectors Toolkit and everything that we offer in the church safety and security space. Uh, if you want to, join the membership site. It's no obligation for a month. Try it out for a month. If you don't like it, then don't stay. If you do like it, stay, and you'll continue to get fed building, growing, and leading your church safety and security team. 
Sharing is caring. You know somebody that can use this message, a pastor or a friend of a pastor or people on your church safety and security team, hit that share button and share it far and wide. Sharing is caring. That's what we do in our church. Uh, iron sharpens iron. We know that message. So share as far and wide as possible if this message was a blessing to you. Now, tomorrow night, protectors, I have a special treat for you. My friend, my brother in Christ, Jason Hensley from Shadow Mountain Church in California is coming to take the reins and do Warrior Wednesday. So warriors, please show up in large numbers. Tell people to join in. Jason's going to be sharing about using the resources you have. Jason is at a mega church, but you know what? Jason is very, very good at using the resources he has available to him. He keeps his budget low and he gets it done right. They have great safety and security at Shadow Mountain Church out in California. So please come tomorrow night, see my friend Jason Hensley. If you haven't seen our interview um, with John, please go seek out our video with John. John did a wonderful video that went viral all over the world and had great response and presence and it, and it furthered the kingdom of God. So you're going to be blessed by that video. Go find John Maynard uh, on our YouTube channel, Protectors Toolkit. I think you'll be blessed by that video. Leave some comments down below. John and Jason will be in there as well, and I'll be in there. We'll answer all your comments. And as always, warriors, don't forget, keep them safe.